0: hello hello everybody welcome to another episode of beyond the bleachers my name is samantha i have my lovely co-host with me again jocelyn hey y'all. hey just as a reminder to everybody if you don't already go to our instagram page at i'm at beyond the bleachers underscore where you should follow us like our content comment on our content or leave us a DM so that we can hear all the lovely things that you have to say about our show, but also so that you can interact with us and we can interact with you and we can keep the conversations going. Mm -hmm. Also for those of you that follow us on our Instagram page, you will very likely soon be seeing some giveaways exclusively for our Instagram followers. So like I said, if you're not already a follower, you should follow our page and engage with us because we would love to hear from you. Wouldn't we, Jocelyn?
1: Yes, we would. And also, don't y'all want free things? I know y'all like free stuff because I do. Free 99 giveaways. Come on now. So you got to follow us to not miss out on those giveaways.
0: Yes, we all love giveaways. And we are excited for another episode. Episode four. Mm -hmm. We have some... (laughs) interesting things to talk about this week so the first thing we're gonna do is we're gonna start with our highlight of the week and jocelyn and i have the same highlight of the week which means that it is a big deal so we're gonna get right into it and we are gonna talk about the controversy surrounding alexis morris it's been a huge controversy for the last couple weeks that finally came to a head this week so we want to talk about it
1: Mm -hmm. so much to say
0: (laughs) so Alexis Morris was drafted in the 2023 WNBA draft in the second round she was one of 12 lucky persons people that were invited in person to the WNBA draft she was drafted by the Connecticut Sun who already kind of had a full roster to begin with and commentators were saying that it they already knew it was going to be difficult for her to make the roster, unfortunately, because they kind of already had everything in place. Mm -hmm. Um, But she was still given an opportunity to, you know, prove herself because you never know what may happen. She may be a breakout star. She -hmm. is a breakout star. She is a national champion. So we just never knew what was going to happen. So she did play one preseason game where she was 0-2, finished with two points, and unfortunately after the first game was cut, which unfortunately does happen for a lot of rookie players um, and sometimes even veteran players coming into the league. Um, But what made headlines was not actually her getting cut, but her comments on Twitter after she got cut. So that's kind of what we're going to talk about today.
1: The Girl, to just reel it in. I, I think, and then just to like jump in here a little bit, Sam, I really think that, you know, these young players have a lot of emotion. You're fresh off a win. You're kind of, I mean, you're kind of feeling yourself, you know, like you're so excited. You get drafted to be in the WNBA. And if you don't know much about it, you know, you're thinking you got a straight, a straight shot, you know, and yeah, you're thinking your rookie season is going to be a little tough, you might not get as much play time, but you think you're going to make the team in her eyes, but she was in for a rude awakening.
0: <laughs> yes, yeah, she definitely was. And immediately on Twitter, she started going after the vets, which I think by now everyone kind of knows is a huge no, no but she decided to kind of go for them anyway because she was a little bit in her feelings and she said things such as if you're over 30, you should just go on ahead and hang it up and that the rookie should get a chance to play. And that if you're even over 35, you should have been hung it up already. <laughs> um, and that maybe it's time to pass the torch and she even went on Instagram Live and was making comments saying that overseas is about to be more popping than the WNBA because all these young players are gonna take their talents overseas because they don't even really see the WNBA as important.
1: And it's giving, it's giving. Oh, um, like when certain people are hitting on you and like you kind of say, "Oh, I'm taken," and then all of a sudden you're not cute anymore. Yeah, <laughs> it's giving. <laughs> is giving, I don't even like y'all
0: anyway. (laughs) So a lot of the veterans gave her a lot of grace because, you know, they have been in similar positions where they have been, you know, fighting for their life in the league, fighting for that roster spot. And so they understand the frustration of going through all this hype of being, you know, drafted only to then turn around a couple days later and be cut especially when you're just coming off the heels of a national championship, you're on this great high. And then Mm -hmm. all of a sudden you're told you're not good enough. It's I could imagine it not being a great feeling. I know how it is to feel like I'm not seen for my best self in my place of work. So I could, Mm -hmm. I could empathize with what that must feel like on another level. So some veterans have some things to say and some of these veterans have gone through their own journey of trying to prove themselves in the league. We have players like Lexi Brown, who now plays for the Los Angeles Sparks, saying that while she may have understood her point, it's really important that we respect other players' journeys, especially the veterans. And and not knowing what they went through, it's important to respect other people's journeys. And Kayla McBride from the Minnesota Lynx kind of echoed that, saying that everybody is on their own journey to proving themselves in this elite league and that we shouldn't be tearing people down in order to lift ourselves up because we all have a different story and it should be respected um we had additional players sydney colson who acknowledged she plays for the las vegas aces but she acknowledged that she has been cut several times and even put several in all capital letters (laughs) and acknowledging that it's tough but if this is something that you really want that you should grind for it you should play with a chip on your shoulder and constantly get back to work because the cap space is not always there and you constantly have to be on your grind to making sure that you're presenting your best self And finally, we have Deborah Peters, who played for many years in the WNBA and unfortunately had to retire due to numerous injuries and surgeries. But she um, is a champion with the Minnesota Lynx during their dynasty. And she expressed that the first four years of her career in the WNBA was, quote, absolute hell. But she utilized the vets as a means to gain experience, to gain exposure, to gain knowledge, and truly leaned on them um, in learning how the league operates and learning how to grow and evolve her game. Um, to take it to the next level so that she could find longevity and success within the league. So Jocelyn, what are we thinking right now with everything that Alexis has said and then with what some of the vets have the said? Vet said.
1: I mean, I think that even if we're taking in consideration time, you know, the vets have been in it for a minute, you know, and they have that experience and their experience first coming in as one of the, you know, the vets said could have been completely tumultuous, tumultuous, you know, it could have been so horrible, but because there was guidance by vets um, that wanted to like, you know, lend a hand or kind of ease them in or break them in in a, in a way that was helpful and beneficial for their careers. It was good. I mean, like, I don't think, I don't agree with Alexis as far as cutting, uh, you know, these vets because you need them. You need that. And that's how, that's how the, that's how the actual league has been flourishing because of these veterans that are coming in and, and wanting to play and can play on this pro level, which is a higher, higher level. um and, and is really showing out and paving the way for an Alexis Morris to even be considered, to even be drafted. So, like, even think about now, like, I, I'm sure a lot of those vets are kind of like, girl, you know, y'all have it way better than we did. And which I'm sure is completely true because time and, and different the different rules and, and them going over um, you know, different clauses and, and changing them and adding to them, um, you know, as as the league kept progressing and kept growing and, and as like, you know, the years go on, it's gonna keep getting better. But I think I must say it is important that some of these younger Um, you know, women or individuals, these rookies speak out on how they're feeling. Because if there's no one saying anything, then there really wouldn't be a big push for these changes. But it also brings me to a point around awareness. I don't think coming from like what Alexis Morris said, and I'm not sure you're going to get into like her apology. uh, You know, I don't think she was very aware of even just the dynamics of the league in and of itself. She was going in, like you said, fresh off of a a championship win on the NCAA uh, women's level. Uh, She's feeling great. She's feeling she had a great game um, and she had a really great a whole uh, postseason, really, um, just to help drive the uh, LSU uh, girls women to to that championship game so she's kind of like like you said I, I'm I'm good I, I know I'm good and I think it was a blow to her ego and again you have this young person who who doesn't really know all the things speaking out loud and proud and sometimes loud and wrong and you do need to kind of get you know kind of get held by a a a bet and saying and that bet saying wait now simmer down simmer down young grasshoppers simmer simmer down young one let me let me school you on the things but the fact that she wasn't even aware because I don't think that she would have gone to that extent of what she said had she known the you know the true setup of the WNBA and how there is salary caps how there is uh you know a limited amount of spaces and spots on these rosters so I mean, I'm sure she probably thought even maybe if she did hear it, that she wasn't going to be that person to get hit by that. But wasn't she like the
0: 14th overall draft pick?
1: Or am Something I wrong? like
0: that. She was in the second round.
1: She was in the second round. So like, you know, you're already and she not no offense to her, but I, I mean, I'm a short I'm a short guard. I always consider myself a short guard because I am and she is considered that, too. She's a what she's five, six. Um, And sometimes we know that um, sneakers be giving us a couple of inches and they be stretching the truth. sometimes. (laughs) But even if she is a strong five, six, you know, you are looking at all these different dynamics. You kind of have to grind hard when you're when you're trying to get this spot on this team. And I don't think she kind of went in knowing that. So I think it's a lot around awareness. But I know I don't know. You have what she said when she issued her apology. Right.
0: I do. And. I could definitely tell in the apology that she did take some time to, kind of reflect and listen to, you know, what some of the veterans were saying, probably what some of her peers were saying, or her family or her agent were saying, mm-hmm. um, because I do know that Lexi Brown had mentioned also on Twitter that a lot of people, whether it be players or even fans will comment on the league acting as if they know all the ins and outs of the league she even said something to the fact to the effect of everybody you know thinks that they have a sports management degree and thinks that they could just come in and make comments about what the league should have could have would have done but until you're in it until you can understand the mm-hmm. ins and outs and the comings and goings of an organization, mm-hmm. you really don't have much footing to stand on. And I think that that's where Alexis Morris kind of went left because mm-hmm. she was making a lot of comments without fully understanding how the league has to operate at this point in time. And it's a double edged sword because The league is small, you know, only 12 teams, only 10 rosters, 12 roster spots, that's a max of 144 players. You have a lot of teams because of cap space, only signing 11 out of their 12, you know, roster spots. Mm -hmm. Um, And so because of that, it's very tight when you're talking about, you know, a draft of 36 players, but you may only have spots for 15 people and you end up having to cut players in order to bring in new players and basically decide for yourself who's disposable Yeah, you know and it's so much easier for the league to cut rookies because rookies don't know the game they don't know the ins and outs and it takes so much time to train them into transitioning their game from college to pro and it's time that the league just doesn't have
1: Yeah, and Uh, that goes back to what you even said about the developmental league, a possibility of having that. Because even not only will it help perfect and just kind of hone in on their skills and uh, challenge them in those areas where they can can work on, it'll also give them that time to learn more about the league, to understand what the stakes are in that current state and time, and also make that decision for themselves if, if that's what they want to do. And understanding what could possibly happen that just draft being drafted in doesn't necessarily mean a guaranteed spot, you know, like, and maybe having those conversations um, earlier on, like before, like, while entering can maybe you can talk to like your agent or whichever, like, okay, the clause in this contract is I have to be able to stay on this team you know, like, whatever I get, dressed, yeah, you know, like, who knows, like, even these NIL deals from NCAA, what if, like, some of these deals can be carried over in ways um, to the to the WNBA, where they can get guaranteed spots, or at least to stay on the team and prove themselves, so who knows, but I mean, I think that also, it goes into, again, like you said, expansion, um, and that's something we talked about in the last episode of, of, of the WNBA, and that's just going to open up more of these spots and more rosters for more young rookies who are eager <laughs> and passionate <laughs> to get into the league and show uh, show everybody what they got on a different yeah roster.
0: and I think that the WNBA is in the fortunate position for now where they can be a little bit more choosy because mm-hmm. they are seen as an elite organization they are the top Women's Professional Basketball League in the entire world. Yeah, And so they are using that as a means to be exclusive. You have to work your way here. Some people have that gift naturally, and their game can naturally just transition over very quickly. Mm -hmm. And some people, it's going to take a little bit more time, but you have to earn your way into the league. And if you don't want to earn your stripes, as they like to say, (laughs) you can find a job elsewhere you know you could go overseas you can play you know semi-pro or play at your leisure or you can do something on the executive side on the agent side like you don't have to be a player but if being a player in the WNBA is what you're passionate about is what your dream is then you should show us that you're passionate about it go overseas hire a trainer, get you an agent that's going to propel you forward into this elite organization. Because Alexis Morris, for as much talk as she had, she also went on Twitter and said, my dream job is to work in the NBA. (laughs) That To to a league that is elite, that only has a certain number of spots available, that doesn't sound like someone who is passionate about being here, that sounds like someone that, yeah, I could be in the WNBA, but if it don't happen, eh, I'll just go overseas or I'll just get a job with the NBA. They probably pay more anyway. That doesn't <laughs> sound like somebody that is going to put their heart and soul and total being into being a WNBA superstar.
1: I mean, I hear that. And, and even just to kind of play devil's advocate, I don't, I think knowing the stakes, you know, like knowing the stakes, of, like you said, if that is, if, if playing in the WNBA is what you're passionate about and it's something you really want to do, you have to know the stakes as far, as far as getting into it at this, again, at this point in time, it's tough and it's slim pickings and like you said, it's an elite league to play for and to get, and to break into and to be successful at it. It's so many layers when it comes to actually playing for the WNBA, but like, um, some of the comments that I was reading under her when she when Alexis Morris issued apology, it was kind of like it was it was two sided. It was kinda of like, okay, she shouldn't have said it, maybe she shouldn't have said it in that way. However, she's kind of making some good points as far as, you know, there isn't why why are we having such a, a drastic or a, a big showing for this draft um draft night and knowing that Already, like you said, some of the commentators already said that the Suns team was pretty much already set in stone. And it's kind of just kind of like a for sure, like oh yeah, she got drafted. That's all though, <laughs> like like that's it though. But mm-hmm. You know, like is that something that you can put on your on your resume? Sure. Oh, I got drafted, but did I stay? You know, and I think that's what really matters. So I think even some uh, again playing devil's advocate, looking at the league and kind of going are you guys really like, you know, looking at the fact that you already know that some of these, some of these women aren't going to get on these teams because it's physically not possible because of the cap salary cap and because of the, the, you know, the limited spots. So it's just like, um, are we really kind of setting these women up for failure or success? And, and like, it is a blow to the ego. It's a blow to the psyche mentally. Like you kind of got to be prepared and, and, even with these girls going straight in, like like I think even with Leah Boston, it was right after, you know, like it, they didn't even win the the uh, the Dagon Championship, they didn't even make it there. But like the transition from being a, a top collegiate athlete and then going straight into training camp and boot camp, all this stuff is just so fast for them that it's a whirlwind. And then to you know again play a Athlete one more time, they they play four plus maybe four plus years. Um, and on a, a high you know D1 school, normally these women are coming from D1 schools, they put in that work. They, they they fought they they had all those sweat, the tears, maybe the breaks and tears and all that stuff too. So like you know they're thinking finally I made it to you know to this big stage and I don't even get a chance to perform because the league isn't even ready to to support that. it's, it's, it's at full capacity. So it's kind of like why even have this major big draft if you already know that you're possibly not going to even get in there, you know? So I think there needs to be there needs to be more awareness on the young players that are looking to get into this league and understanding all the aspects of what could possibly happen. And it's also what going back to what Angel Reese has said that even down to the amenities, down to like the luxuries, quote unquote, of what that looks like. Um, as opposed to staying on the collegiate level for an extra year if you're a senior or going on and and submitting yourself in for the draft, like knowing your setup and knowing what that could look like for you. If you're guaranteed a spot in a way and you know that your skills are on that level, then go for it. But also understand that because right now there's limited spots, you might not make it and you might only have, oh, I was drafted. And that's it.
0: (laughs) Definitely. And I think that a lot of that is reflected in her apology Um, and going through it. some of the things she said was that she knew that joining the WNBA wasn't going to be easy, but now she understands just how hard it is to do it and that her energy shouldn't have been directed towards the vets, but should have been directed more towards the league executives and others that have a say in expansion. Um, And she also apologized to the fans saying that it should not be a representation of who she is as a person, but that she now strives to raise awareness as to some of the issues that the league um, is facing and that she understands now that it's bigger than her. The one thing that I wanted to bring up is that being in the WNBA is about more than just talent, Mm -hmm. you know, talent is, is, is natural. It's innate. You know what I mean? But it's about taking that talent, honing it in and bringing it to the next level. Alexis Morris went to four colleges <laughs> in her career, you know, and n- that's not a knock to her. You know, she had her own journey into getting, you know, it, her basketball skill to the level that it's at. Mm-hmm. But I say that to say that you having talent is not always enough. You know, mm-hmm. we look at some of these other players that transfer, and I look, I think about somebody like an Alicia Gray, mm-hmm. who won a championship in 2017 with the South Carolina Gamecocks. But prior to being with the Gamecocks, she was at University of North Carolina in Chapel Hill. Yeah, and and she decided for her own personal reasons that that team was not it for her. Mm-hmm. And not only did she want to transfer but her intent was to transfer to a team that was going to win a national championship and that was going to propel her game to the next level. So she was very strategic in how she transferred because she knew that her talent alone was not going to get her there. She needed a Dawn Staley. She Mm -hmm. needed a team in the South Carolina Gamecocks to, you know, with the components that they already had, come in and win a national championship a coach that was going to take her game to the next level and prepare her for that next level because she knew that her talent alone was not going to be enough. So that's not a knock on her to say that she went to several schools in her college journey, but it took all of that, plus this WNBA experience for her to learn that talent alone does not get you there. There has to be more.
1: Right. Yeah. Um, I mean, mean, yeah, and even just the poise of it all um and like her track record let's look at it it's it's not squeaky clean so she's but she's also you can also look at her track record and say she's a fighter she's resilient you know she'll she'll figure it out and there is a great player there now maybe her attitude (laughs) her attitude has to you know get some work and but she's also young. We have to remember that she's a young person, and she's learning, and she she's try, she's got to be a little more strategic in how she communicates, uh, because she has a she has a platform now. People are looking at her. People like like my friend I was talking to the other day. She tuned in, um, to the the Connecticut Suns game against uh, uh, the the Links, and the Minnesota no 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 New York Liberty right. Um, and she was expecting to see Alexis Morris. And I was like, no, girl, she she's she got waved. She was in that whole she was in that group of those great players that those great hopeful rookies that got waved. And, um, you know, she wasn't too happy about it. But my thing is the fact that a person and my friend, she played basketball um, in high school. She didn't go on to play basketball in college, but she she enjoys the game. And she wasn't really a big WNBA uh, watcher, spectator, but she was interested in seeing this young player move on and play on the next level. So you're going to have a lot of fans like that. So again, uh, that's also kind of playing devil's advocate and looking at the league. You're you're having a lot of fans that want to follow these women to the next level. And when they get waived because of, you know, mainly because there's just extra talent because of those vets, because duh, they're going to have that talent there because they're in the league. One, and they're just going to continue to get better as they play more. But uh, a young player that's trying to break in that maybe wasn't the, you know, your number one or two or three or even top ten draft pick in the first round but they have the skills that that can be honed in and like be uh, progressed and move forward wanting to get into this league and then they're not because of salary caps and and short amount of spots on these rosters that kind of blows it for some of these fans and that could cause them not to watch because they were looking to watch this one person so You know, again, going back to these NIL deals, they're huge. But if they don't really matter and make a difference on the next level, then then what are we doing for those fans that are really eager to watch these women play on a higher level? You're losing them. You are, especially if they haven't been avid uh, spectators of the WNBA in the first place. So I think it's a like you said, it's a double edged sword. We got to look at it on all angles. And obviously they are again trying to expand but I just think again this is just more reason for expansion being the the answer you know
0: yeah definitely and I think it's easy for fans and even the media to say things like well why don't they just add more roster spots why don't they just up the salary cap why don't they just add more teams like we got people you know and we all love to say that you know we want to see the league grow to its maximum potential but We don't know what goes on behind the scenes. The media knows a little bit more than we do. But when you're sitting at an executive table making these financial decisions, we really don't know the conversations that are being had and the barriers that the league faces in growth. Mm -hmm. Um, And so as fans, as media personnel, as bloggers, as journalists, as influencers, however you may engage in the game, let's be gentle with the league because we we still are small we still are in our growing phase but i think now more than ever and i i know that the league agrees because they've been talking about it but now more than ever we are at a point where we can comfortably look at expansion in terms of teams in terms of salaries in terms of roster spaces we can look at providing more luxuries like, you know, private planes and nicer accommodations and, you know, things like that, because we're setting ourselves up where we're getting more uh, mainstream media attention. We're getting more games televised. We're getting more sponsors each and every day. So I do believe that the league is, you know, now more than ever, not only telling us that they are preparing, you know, to take the game once again to a new level, but, you have to be very strategic because the last thing we want is to lose a league that has become so precious to so many people.
1: Right. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a growing league. The WNBA is growing and, and I can't wait to see it. Like you said, reach its fullest potential. But I mean, when we have people within the league, like our commentators not getting, the names right, <laughs> you know, when we finally start, when we we get these high knees in the seats, right? We get people to watch. We, we're selling out these these um these games that we have sold out seats, right? And the commentators now we're looking at these onlookers that are tuning in now from home or wherever, from the bar, wherever it might be, a casino, because that's what I was doing. Um, (laughs) Like, we want to have great commentators and and also being aware and knowing who these women are that are actually playing right in front of them. So can we talk, let's talk about that, Sam, because I know it was something that you wanted to, to touch on. Let's talk about the fact that some of these commentators don't even know the names
0: of the daggone women playing on the court. <laughs> it is beyond frustrating. And I know everybody <laughs> makes mistakes. Everybody has a slip of the tongue. But we, we need to do better. And I know that it is not just an issue that I have you know, brought up to you and we're bringing up today. I've seen it all over social media. I've seen it all over Google, Mm -hmm. that there is an ongoing issue with the media, most specifically, like you mentioned, the commentators not knowing their information. Mm -hmm. You know, when you have the starting lineup and it's broadcasted on TV and you have a list of names and some people's faces don't match the names, that's a problem <laughs> when you have commentators that are calling people by the wrong names. That's a problem yeah. when you have yeah. commentators that are showing their bias mm-hmm. towards players that went to certain colleges versus other colleges. That's a problem yep. because we're all here for the same reasons. We're here to enjoy the sport of women's basketball We're here to cheer these players on, and they deserve so much respect, so much accolade, that we have to do better. You know, we Mm -hmm. as fans, we do our part. We buy the merch. We buy the tickets. We tune into the games. We're subscribed on League Pass. We're doing all of the things necessary. I've gone to different states.
1: You have basketball basketball games.
0: That is my dream, to go to all 12 arenas, Hopefully before they add more teams because I got a lot more to go. Right, I I've been to different states specifically for you know women's basketball. Last year I went to Connecticut for the first time, drove to New York and then drove from New York to Connecticut and dragged my cousin with me because I wanted to go to Connecticut and experience it for the first time so I've been to these states I've done my due diligence I need the media I need these commentators to do do a little bit better to do their due diligence look at the stat sheet
1: for Crying out loud. Well, we got to fact check the daggone commentators. Oh, he said so-and-so's name, but that's not the name that's on the jersey. So let me go do my Googles and pull up the roster. Oh, it's actually number 15. It's just like, that is a daggone shame, man. And like you said, I've gone to different um, different stadiums, different arenas. I've, I've gone to Connecticut. I saw the Connecticut Sun play um, at home. And I saw, obviously, New York Liberty because I'm in Jersey. So it's pretty close. But um, I'm, I'm trying to get out to hopefully see the Aces this year in Vegas because that would just be a dream of mine. Because you know I'm biased as far as that's my team. But I love the, <laughs> the I love the you know the game so much that we should be, and all of us should who's especially these commentators that you know it's your job to commentate on everyone as a whole, all aspects of this game. And the simplest part of that is knowing who the heck you're talking about. You're you're watching them. How did you, do you not know? I mean, I don't wanna say that. I was gonna say something mean and I don't wanna say that. <laughs> but it's on the sheet. I'm sure they have, you know, verbiage in front of them that kind of runs down the stat sheets, that runs down the names and who's subbing in and all of that. So please, for crying out loud, at least get their names right because you don't want to have like somebody who might be tuning in for the first time to this game listening to fake news just completely wrong <laughs> you know <laughs> and it's sad you know it's just I, we need to, like you said just do better because it's unacceptable it's unacceptable
0: period yeah well speaking of giving people the shine that they deserve the recognition that they deserve We want to highlight some unsung heroes of the WNBA right now. We are a little over a week into the regular season, and we want to take some time to recognize players that we just feel like don't get enough shine in the league. There's so many people outside of the five or six that you see on ESPN, that you read about, in the articles or read about on social media and we want to be those people that give some of these players a little bit more shine because there's like we said 144 players in the league and we want to make sure that everybody gets a little bit of love Mm -hmm. so jocelyn share with us
1: well you know sure i you know like three is my favorite number so I have a few unsung heroes after this past week of WNBA basketball so my first unsung hero I have to say she's a native right out of North New Jersey and graduated from a high school that if you're a local in North New Jersey you know their women's basketball team is not one to play with okay The high school, that being university, and if y'all know, y'all know, okay, I don't have to say much more. But after she graduated from there, she went on to Syracuse where she tore her ACL twice (laughs) and ended up staying an extra year playing ball for them. And she went on to record uh, record to say it was the best decision she ever made. And I kind of wanted to go back to saying like what you said about developmentally but but let me just tell you who it is it's my girl Brittany Sykes okay (laughs) and listen Sam I I need to say that maybe that extra year could have been beneficial um for for, not even just for her but like maybe if she had done that extra year in the developmental league that you know you talked about before not only could have been beneficial for her but maybe even just other other ladies that are um that fall into that that sort of circumstance where they get hurt and then they're like okay should I enter into the draft because now I'm hitting my senior year and and all of that um but maybe that that next step because building your confidence building your skill set and just getting comfortable like playing on a just a higher level but not really the league yet could really be beneficial uh, but anyway, back to my girl Britney Sykes. I love her. Okay. <laughs> she I think I think for for players like, like Brittany Sykes, again, like getting injured earlier on in your collegiate year, uh, it was back in twenty seventeen. Um, you know, your bounce back is, is, is kinda looked at. You know, she was a big player, so um her bounce back was just something out of this world and I think it hasn't really been shined too much upon but anyway um after having such a successful collegiate career uh she averaged in, in college 13 points and 6 rebounds but even that last year that she played that extra year she was averaging 19 points and 7 rebounds so she got better but anyway mm-hmm. later she was drafted to the Atlanta Dream in 2017 as the 7th overall draft pick and Uh, That was the highest for their college program at the time. And she was coming into the league making her story, okay, not history. (laughs) So the Atlanta Dream ended up uh, trading her to the Sparks in 2020. And that was when I really started to enjoy watching her play in the actual WNBA. Because to be honest with you guys, I really didn't watch her too much when she was on the Land of Dream, but it was when she went to the Sparks that I was just like, okay, Brittany Sykes, let's let's go. Let's see what you're working with over here. And I think she found a great home there. We were able to see her personality come out, you know, how they have like, you know, a lot of the off the court or like on the court, but in the, in the, uh, in the gym practices or those open practices where like, you know, they got some of the media coming in to kind of just give us a little more inside scoop on who these players are, which I absolutely love because I love seeing these personalities come out. She's so fun. She's so funny and she's a force. Okay. She is a baller and not I'm not biased sorry I'm biased she came from Newark but (laughs) I mean she's averaging now about 10 12 points per game with at least three to four rebounds and a couple of assists I mean she's played the most uh minutes with the Sparks in 2021 uh and she averaged around 29 minutes uh that year but now she's with the Washington Mystics and man, oh man, I think she's found her, her, her home again now with this team, because I think later on in uh, 2021, uh, when Liz Cambage was there with the Sparks, uh, <laughs> I think her, her, her morale kind of went down a bit. But now uh, with the Washingtons, uh, with Washington, I think she is really a standout, and she played this past weekend, and I thought she did amazing. And let's not forget, she's a three-point shooter too. She uh, honed in on that whole aspect of her game, and later on in college, and she brought it to the WNBA. And this girl knows how to finish in the paint. So that's one of my, uh, you know, three. unsung heroes she is the best you want to go on my second or you want to you know, go back and forth you want to go get into your first
0: unsung hero Oh, I'll jump in and do my first unsung hero because okay yeah let's my, go back and forth on this one <laughs> my first unsung hero also comes from the Washington Mystics my home team mm. and it is Natasha Cloud okay natasha cloud when you think washington mystics you think natasha cloud and i've heard a lot of commentators a lot of media folks actually refer to her as the engine of the team Mm -hmm. she's a floor general she's a playmaker she can see the court in a way that nobody else sees the court. She sees her players in a way that nobody else sees her players. She can create offensive opportunities. She's a shooter and a passer. She could quite possibly be one of the best point guards in the history of the game. Mm. And she is a true point guard. And the passion that she has, like, I will be very shocked if she does not retire a Washington Mystic. Because the, the amount of passion that she not only has for the team, but the amount of passion that she has for the community of uh, Ward 7, Ward 8 in Washington, D.C. is unmatched. Mm. Um, so as much work as she's doing on the court, she's doing just as much work in the community. But I think a play that really stood out to me as a, a true testament to who Natasha Cloud is was this past week when the Washington Mystics played um, the Connecticut Sun. Now, the Mm -hmm. Connecticut Sun is a force to be reckoned with. They really Um, are. They are are returning a lot of their stars from last year, and they have truly just hit this season running. And Mm -hmm. so they have been a problem already just a weekend. And I so vividly remember, I was watching the game, and Elena Deladon went to make a pass to Natasha Cloud. Mm-hmm. And it just seemed like a regular, oh, like, I'm passing the ball to you. But Alyssa Thomas and her foresight, <laughs> she jumped right in the middle of that pass, <laughs> snatched the ball, and just took off yeah. down the court. And in that moment, Elena Deladon just, like, doubled over in defeat. Like, if I could put words to it, it was just like, oh, my gosh, this this did not just happen. Right. they had such <laughs> momentum, and she just looked. Mm -hmm. and she looked at Natasha and was just like oh my gosh and Natasha (laughs) was like absolutely not like you doing my girl dirty like oh no I'm taking you head on she chased Alyssa Thomas down to the other end of the court got right in between her and the basket took that foul and then looked back down the court at Elena Deladon and just like nodded her head as if to say like I got you I
1: got you girl
0: And and that's the kind of teammate that Natasha Cloud is. She never gets the shine, but she's the kind of player that if she's not shooting well, she's tight on defense. She's uh, assisting all the way. She's rebounding. She's doing everything humanly possible to contribute to her team. She's a natural leader, but she never gets the shine that she deserves. She's been snubbed for Mm all-stars. She's been snubbed on the Olympic team. But I I love seeing how tough she has become as a player in all of that adversity. And now to see her on the other side of a championship where she can truly play no holds barred, like, I'm giving my all. I've done everything I could possibly do, including win a championship. Now it's just about... Taking my career to the highest level possible, I I just enjoy watching her so much. So she's my first pick.
1: I love that, and and even going back to the Washington Mystics really quick, I love watching them. They, you know, like you said, Natasha Cloud coming off the bench, she is definitely a force. And you're, I think that's a great pick, Sam. I love that we both picked some uh two players off of the uh Washington Mystics. Because even going back to um, Brittany Sykes, I mean, she's got a lot of pizzazz to her Swifty moves. Like, we should call her Swifty Sykes because <laughs> I mean, she can really do it all. Like, her ISO is insane to me. I mean, she can take you off the dribble, going one-on-one, driving into the paint. She she knows how to finish again. Like, I just can't get over how good she is. It's splash shitty when she's, like, when she's feeling hot from three. So, uh, Brittany Sykes along with uh, Natasha Cloud and when Elena Deladon is not getting down herself (laughs) I mean they're a great team
0: (laughs) yes definitely Natasha Cloud and Brittany Sykes together are truly like a force to be reckoned with this year
1: absolutely I need to see them more um on the on the court at the same time because I think that could really change that, uh, that guard front for for the Washington Mystics. And also with Elena Deladon being a complete giant and knowing, like, you know, how to... She's got that move. She's got that one, like, shimmy turnaround jump shot that's just kind of unguardable. She's so tall. She's so big. Um, but, like, again, we're going back into our unsung hero. So my second unsung hero is Tiffany Hayes, okay? She was a 2012 WNBA draft pick in the second round And I think she was 14th overall. Uh, She made the WNBA all-rookie team in 2012. She was the Eastern Conference Player of the Month in 2017. And in 2018, she was a three-time pick as Eastern Conference Player of the Week. She finished fourth in defensive player of the year voting and sixth in the uh, MVP balloting. So not super unsung, but she is not talked about as much as I would like, especially since uh, she shares the court with, the likes of Dewana Bonner and Alyssa Thomas for the Connecticut Sun. So, I mean, Hayes is a baller, Sam. She's another big guard uh standing at like what I think she's like 5'10 and and she can do it all. Not only on the offensive end because again, she she not snub, but she was looked at for the defensive player of the year. I mean, defensively, she is a force. She's going to go for those rebounds and those steals and then take it to you on the other end. I mean, she's currently averaging about, I think, like ten points per game with about three to four assists and rebounds. She's a shooter from three, mid uh, from three and mid range, and she can finish around the rim. So, I mean, she's one to watch, and she's an all-around great player
0: for sure. For sure, my second unsung hero is Cheyenne Parker of the Atlanta Dream. Anybody that knows me knows that I love Cheyenne Parker. She is one of those players that anytime you put her on the floor, you know you're going to get solid minutes out of her. She's one of those players that knows how to make the best use of her time. She's a rebounder. She dominates in the paint. She clogs up the paint, let's be real. So she's (laughs) a quality player that puts up solid points. She rebounds the ball, and she just dominates her space and she just has such a presence about her Mm -hmm. that it's almost as if there's like a bubble around her you know she's like this is my area and you're not getting into it and if you try to get into it there's going to be a problem so she's just so efficient in her shooting and her rebounding players that if you need something from her all you have to do is say this is what i need i need you to rebound more i need you to shoot more i need you to He's like, coach, I got you. So she's such a reliable player, and Mm -hmm. her efficiency has only gone up since she's become a mom. We talked about this last week. I don't know what it is about moms in the WNBA, but their game just gets taken to the next level. And we know how moms are in life. Everything gets taken to the next level when you're a mom, and playing (laughs) in the WNBA is no exception.
1: No different. She
0: has just become so much more efficient since she's become a mom. She's become way more athletic. Um, so I don't know if she's like been training differently. Obviously, her training had become more hardcore in the postpartum period as she was trying to get back to basketball because she did mm-hmm. take some time off. But whatever the case is, she's just one of those players that, like I said, is going to give you solid minutes in the paint. She's going to do what needs to be done and just show up for her team in the ways that she knows how to show up.
1: I love that. Also, again, happy belated Mother's Day to those. First of all, mothers are legitimate superheroes. And for them to be playing in the WNBA is just another level of strength and tenacity. So I love that pick, girl. But my last unsung hero, last but certainly not least, is a big. And I know I show my love to my guards. (laughs) But this time, I'm showing some of my love to uh, Sabally, a forward playing for the Dallas Wings. Now, she was the 2020 first-round draft pick and was number two overall. So, you know, like everybody knew she was a force. Now, she averages a whopping 21 points per game with eight rebounds and four assists. And need I say, I absolutely love when bigs pick up assists because they are vertically all the way up there (laughs) and I just feel like they can literally see the court and their teammates from another angle which makes it so fun to watch for me um, and she also made the WNBA uh, All-Rookie team in 2020, along with the AP second team All-American in the same year. And in 2021, she was a WNBA All-Star. I mean, her career is shaping out to be hopefully a long and successful, successful one as long as she uh, stays healthy. I mean, she's only what been three years in the, in the league. So let's not forget to mention. Um, Her post moves are nasty. I mean, she is extremely athletic. So, don't sleep on my girl, Slobly, okay? Because she is out here to play, and she's only going to continue to get better. And show up some of these bets, okay? Because she's, what, three years in? She's got a lot more work to do.
0: That is really a good one. I enjoy watching her. She's so much fun to watch. Oh, my goodness. My third player is also a big and Okay. My third unsung hero is Neka Agumake oh. of the Los Angeles Sparks. Yeah. Now, some of y'all might be saying Neka Agumake, she is not an unsung hero, but I'm going to tell you the many reasons why Neka is an unsung hero. The great First patient. of all, let's get into <laughs> a little bit about her game. Neka is just, once again, a force to be reckoned with. She is. When you think leader, you think Naka Ogumike. Mm-hmm. Can we first start by saying that she has never come off the bench? <laughs> she has started in every game that she has played. And over her career, she has averaged over 16 points and seven rebounds. Mm-hmm. So she is already just an efficiency machine. Absolutely. Like I said, she's a natural leader on the court. People look to her for guidance, for support, for leadership for love and encouragement. So she is truly the heart and soul of the Los Angeles Sparks and has been pretty much since she's been there. She was the number one overall pick in 2012. She was a WNBA champion in 2016, a WNBA MVP in 2016, rookie of the year, all-rookie team, seven-time all-star. Like I could go on and on and on about all the accolades that Niko Ogumike has uh, collected and accomplished over the course of her career. Mm-hmm. But what I will say is what makes her an unsung hero is that she is like a quiet assassin. Mm-hmm. She's not the loudest. She's actually might be one of the quietest. But she goes out there to every game and plays her heart out. And we know that Neka Gumike is going to leave it all on the court. But she is the only player in the history of the WNBA that has won both a championship and an MVP, and has never been named to a Olympic team. Ugh. And so, when we talk Olympic snubs, Neka Ogumake is first on the list because who For would so- not want Neka Ogumake to represent their country in the Olympics? Come on.
1: It doesn't make sense. And I think she's even sort of not really spoken out because, again, she's one of those poised players and personalities. She's a great person. Uh, I honestly want to want to meet her. I, I was able to. I think it, when I went to go see that Connecticut uh, Suns game, uh, they were playing the Sparks, and I had the pleasure of just like just saying hello, you know. And she's <laughs> she's 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 larger in life, larger in life in in real life to me. Like she just seems so much taller, <laughs> like up close. I'm like, God, she's a tall woman, and she's just. a a great presence Um, like the aura around her was just radiating and I love her as a player and like I love this pig Sam you say the best for last because she definitely is an unsung hero she's you know we hear her name but not enough to the point of like how dominant like she is she and again we keep saying force but this is a true force in the league not even on the court but often in the in these big exec meetings because my girl is um, president, now.
0: Am I right? Yes, yeah, she took over the Players Association as president in 2016 after Tamika Catchings retired. So mm-hmm. when we talk about natural leaders, she's not only a leader on the court, but she's doing it off the court yeah. as well. These new CBA rules, the up in salaries, the increase in the number of games being played in the season, talks about expansion. Thank you, girl. About- Leading Brittany Griner home, leading the charge to make sure that she gets brought home in collaboration with the efforts of the Biden administration. Mm-hmm. All of that came from Neka K's leadership. So we could never forget that as much of a leader as she is on the court, she is that much of a leader and more off the court. Not to mention she's the oldest of four girls. So she was just raised to be a natural leader. Mm-hmm.
1: That's, it's in her DNA, okay? It's in her DNA. And let's not forget that fashion statement she made when she wore that uh BG uh shirt with a nice skirt and those really cute uh and this is listen, it's not a fashion show uh podcast, but I'm just saying <laughs> she had those big high boots on. I was like, you better go, Miss NECA, okay? She out here giving you face, body, and fashion, okay? <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh. But that's a great one, Sam. I I love that. And I think that's a good segue. I think moving forward, we're gonna start uh, you know, having a segment where we talk about our breakout stars um of the week. Um, and that could be anybody. That can be either individual team, whether it be a vet or a rookie. Um, I mean, player rather, or an actual whole team because they were just dominating that week of games and just killing everybody, scoring and winning. Um, or even our coach because I, the coaches, I guess I think that we don't really spend too much time talking enough about coaches. They're the they're the the brains of the whole operation. You know, they set up these plays. They they um, write up these on-the-spot, you know, maybe out-of-bounds plays or maybe, like, when there's only a few more seconds on the clock and getting it to the right person, putting it in the right hands. Um, we talked about NECA being dependable, you know, like getting it to those dependable players. Um, that's going to make that, you know, make that uh, difference in the games. So uh, we'll talk about coaches as well, and I think that'll be a really cool addition to to the show, don't you think, Sam?
0: I definitely think so. So if you have people in the WNBA that you want us to shout out, if you want to acknowledge your player of the week or your coach of the week, your unsung hero, where can they find us, Jocelyn?
1: They can find us on IG at Beyond the Bleachers underscore. Please comment. Shoot us some DMs. I know y'all want to slide up in those DMs. Also, because you want giveaways. That's how we can do it. Like, you know that shirt that Nekaguma K was rocking. Don't you might you might want a jersey. You might want a BG shirt. You might want a cup, a bag. You want some swag. So come on and follow us on IG, please, because we would love to hear. And talk to y'all.
0: Yes. We definitely want to hear from you guys. So with that being said. We're going to wrap up this episode. Don't forget to follow us. Like us. Comment. Or like Jocelyn said. Go ahead and slide in our DMs. We would love (laughs) to hear from you.
1: Yes. Again. That's at. uh, Beyond the bleachers. Underscore on IG.
0: Yep. And so I will catch you on the next one Jocelyn. Catch you on the flip side girl. Bye. Bye.